Welcome back to Sword of Star Wars Book Club with Matt Lehman. Hi, Matt. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We are in Chapter 9 of Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Yeah. And not, Chapter 9 is called The Lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, we finally get to find out what is going on with the city. So, last chapter, we found out that uh, the Reds have been deceived. They've been toiling underneath the soil. Toil under the soil. Toil under the soil. Um, so right away, he starts describing the city scene that he's seeing. Mm-hmm. City seeing, seeing that he's seeing. <laughs> say that seven times fast. <laughs> I can even say it once. <laughs> Moderately slow. <laughs> and it sounds like a typical um, futuristic type of city, like mm-hmm. oasis type of city where like everything's beautiful. And I mean, to him, he hasn't seen anything like this before. So it's like all like flashy he says pretty much all i see is gold and silver and looks down at like the streets and he sees colors there but Mm -hmm. um one of the things right away he says men and women they fly they shimmer like gold and silver um he's talking about their grab boots and he talks about seeing this young kid probably about his age flying on grab boots holding two bottles of wine uh flying towards a garden and there's these girls chasing after him that like he said, they're, it looks like their dresses are like what does he say? Like form fitting and yeah, uh, the tight dresses seem to be made of liquid and drip around their young curves, um, which it must be just like mind blowing. Like this image of him, like where he works in a mine all day, and he's like the main provider for the family, and like. If he doesn't work, then his mom goes hungry and his wife goes hungry and, you know, all this. And then he finds out that just, like, above him, there's kids his same age just flying around, doing whatever they want, drinking and having fun without a care in the world. Right. Um, and he he says um, that since um, he talks about the kid flying, the boy flying with the wine, he says, he's drunk and is wobbling and he's wobbling through the air. Reminds me of a time... I saw a drill boy's air system break down in his fry suit. He gasped for oxygen as he died, twitching and dancing. So like the only thing like that reminds <laughs> him of this flying thing is a guy dying. Like that's right. like how different the lives are between right. what he's currently seeing and what he's used to. Right. Like you have to fight to live where he's from. Right. Um and this is what this is what he's working for. It's not just like I was born in this life. He was born in that life. It's like he is working hard all the time so that some other kid can just fly about. Right. And I'm sure there's like real life applications to this. Like not just in the story, like actual Earth 2021 mm-hmm. applications okay. um, to the situation that are less sev- like less in- like severe. Traumatic. Yeah. 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 Um, but just like that image just like always is would be like it's hard for me to imagine well yeah and i you know you try to think about what it would be like to so you know what what would it be like if we you know if you are stuck in a tough situation yeah like and i think that's just like just think about okay 
I'm trying to think what it would be like to only known life of camping you know like because mm-hmm. that's i mean they they're living in, on rock and earth you know every, and but everything's tight and you know cramped you know it's small so it'd be like living in uh, i mean it was living in caves but it was living in type spaces and with very little and then you see all of this it's just like i wonder what the um how the human brain would actually in real life react to something like this just yeah having a complete overload of what the reality is right. you know is that something that like how 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 would you do that because it's hard, so hard to to try to imagine those things yeah. you know and i can't even think of a good situation for what you know if for what we have now to what it could be because i don't know what that would yeah i feel like, like if you would take if you go to like a third world country one of those like ads you see on the tv for like you know send a dollar a right. day or whatever right because there are kids around the world starving and then there's we here in america have buffets where we throw away thousands of pounds of food right you know what i mean just because right. we don't like the taste right and so it'd be like picking up one of those kids out of there and bring them here be like this is how we live you know and so it'd be really different. I mean, when you think about it, you're like, w- w- this is interesting. We actually went to a buffet and Ryland was very upset when she found out that any food you don't eat gets thrown away. Mm-hmm. She's always been upset about like, somehow we got that into her head that it's like evil to throw away food. I think it started off as like, you need to eat all your food. Right. And it turned into like, you're going to be in trouble if we have to throw your food away because there's people starving around the world. And now it's turned into if she throws away pizza crust there's tears mm-hmm. so so it, it kind of went way too extreme good and parenting so, <laughs> so we had to like explain to her at the buffet like no it's okay you know sometimes you know the buffet is where you like try different types of foods that you might not know if you like or not right and it's okay to throw some food away um but she didn't really get it she was in tears when we were leaving the buffet <laughs> Because of the food that was going to be thrown away. Um, And it's hard to think about. Like, there's people, you know, who have, like, barely any food for the day. Right. For a meal. They're skipping meals. They're skipping days of food. Right. Um, But you can't can't focus on that too much. But that would be the only type of situation I would say would be similar to this. Right. But even in that situation, it's not like the people who are starving are making the food for us. And we're throwing it away. Right. That's kind of like this situation. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything in real life that's similar. I think of things that people make for such tiny amounts of money or rations a day that we take for granted. Like sneakers and toys and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, in America, we're very privileged, mm-hmm. blessed. Yeah. I don't know. And all we did was be born here. Right. Like this gold that's flying around. Like he doesn't. Maybe he does he know that there's reds underneath? Does he care? Right. It's one thing to like um obviously he's not doing anything about it. Right. So right. um it's interesting to think about did Pierce Brown think about realistic like this is actually how the world could go where there's a sixteen year old flying around, you know, having fun with girls and alcohol, and there's another sixteen year old dying underground right you know, he might live to be 25 right. right yeah it's yeah that world could go there yeah yeah i mean i think in you could say in some respects it is there um, right you know along the same lines of what 
you were talking about earlier um, because there's definitely, and I think that's probably, I, I do think some of the haves and have not situations that you can see here in our world have definitely played out here. Mm-hmm. He just kind of defined them more clearly. Yeah. Um, because, well, yeah, I mean, they just, I mean, everything, everything is defined, you know, when I think it's, is it in this chapter where he talks about the different colors or is that the next mm-hmm. one? Uh, I think that's more the next one. Uh, no, no, no. He does talk about that in this one. Yeah. Uh, we kind of get like a history lesson. Yeah. Of the conquering. Yeah. And then he talks about the colors a little bit more. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you look at this and you see the boy flying and you're like, oh, what a privileged little weasel. And you're like, wait a minute. Is that me? Am I that person? Right. Like that maybe you even know about the reds and you just like, whatever. That's their problem. Right. You know, not mine to deal with. Yeah. Um, so it is interesting if you look at that apply it to your own life and be like oh like am i that guy who doesn't care about anything in the world other than himself right so no it is um yeah so we get a little history lesson i kind of tried to highlight this in my book so sorry for Rupert has to read my book after i i highlighted and wrote in it and so oh yes echo please be quiet thank you The echo just went off. I don't well, know. AI wants to be a part of our book study. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to read some of this, I think, because um, it just explains it better. Um, maybe I'll briefly summarize it. So he's um, he says, Dancer tells me how it is. The earth isn't overcrowded, Darrow. 700 years back, they expanded to the moon, which they call Luna. Um, since it's difficult to space a launch spacecraft through Earth's gravity. And then right away, Dara's like, 700 years this has been going on? Like, I thought we were still working towards it, and it's been happening for 700 years. Right. Well, he says later the Reds have been here 500 years. So think about how many generations that is. You get like three generations of Reds in 100 years. No, you'd have more than that. You figure that they... If if Narrow is an old guy, yeah, so like thirty three, would be like, yeah, I mean I guess, but yeah, okay, but there are three or four generations. I mean if they're if if yeah, I, I was just gonna say that. Oh yeah, I see what you're saying. You know he's sixteen, Narrow is right. thirty five, so that's right. So that's three generations in thirty years. If like if they had like every fifteen years, right. a new generation is born. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's six generations in 100 years. Right. So, yeah, it's like... Yeah, and, and I think three or four is kind of where we're at nowadays. Right. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's just, like, crazy to think how many generations of people have gone through this and not known about it. Right. Um, How many reds have gone through it. Which I would like to know how they continue to... How do they continue to... I guess that's part of the suppression is like if you're only focused on trying to survive the next day, you're not really thinking about whether or not the terraforming is right actually getting done. And I wonder too, it doesn't sound, there's nothing much mentioned about kind of a oral or written history. Right. 
So you don't really know how many generations have been doing this, you know, or how long it's been. Because after a while, you'd have to think that <laughs> just basic common sense would say, okay, we've been doing this for a thousand years. Right. Like we know we've been doing this for a thousand years. This doesn't make sense. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. You would think that there, the, wor- the word would spread more within the minds of what's going on outside. You get, you get one person. I mean, you have whole groups of reds that know what's happening. And they live in the mines. Like, N- Nero lives in the mines. Um, I think they talk about this a little next chapter about, like, why don't you tell everybody what's happening? And, like, for one, they say that it would burn out too quick. The rebellion would burn out too quick. And it would just get squashed in the mines and nothing would happen with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's like one of those, like, if you if you try and you fail, your life's going to be even worse. So people who probably know are like, well, I'm not going to do anything about it because right now, I'm living, I have food every day, but who knows what's going to happen if I try and rebel and fail. Right. So that probably keeps him in suppression as well. Um, and so he talks about um, when Luna um, was owned by companies on Earth and then they didn't like that because um, they were so far away um, and they were like a main hub for the galaxy and they rebelled on Earth and Earth lost the war. Um Oh, where was I? Oh, so Luna rebelled the golds in their society against the countries of Earth. Earth fought back and lost. That was the conquering. Um, Luna turned into the power of the solar system, and this and the society began to change into what it is today, an empire built on red backs. Um, so, yeah, that's like the basic of the conquering. Luna just mm-hmm. decides to uh, take control of the solar system. Yep. Um, where did they say? So the first colors were gradually instituted and the reds were sent to Mars to gather fuel. They also talk about how there's color-coded lamps um, along like the roads, yellow, blue, orange, green, pink, um, and different shades of those colors to form a hierarchy so complex. Uh, I scarcely think it was a human concept. Um yeah, he talks about uh, how the buildings remind him of the ones the Romans built, but this time made for gods instead of man. I guess he's seen uh, Roman buildings on the HC. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it would be like, he's thinking that Mars is still like a barren surface when actua- actuality there's cities all over the place. Yeah, cities all over the place and most of the solar system's been terraformed and right. inhabited. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, and that's it's a short chapter. That's pretty much it. Um, it ends with Darrow um, finally wanting to fight back. Seeing all this makes him very angry. That's happening for happened for so long makes him very angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he is finally willing to fight back. His last words in the chapter are, "What is my mission?" So he is ready to fight now. So he kind of switches from the last chapter. He's like, oh, my wife who I loved is dead. Oh, I'm so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, he's like, what is my mission? I'm going to fight back. So yep. anything else on this chapter, Matt? It's a short one. Yeah. Easy one. Cool. Yeah. Well, that is it for chapter nine of Red Rising. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. Thanks for having me. See you again next week for chapter 10.
All right. All right. Very cool. Be safe. Be courteous. Bye. Bye. See you later, alligator.